Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, as you know, we've been avoiding any political news like the plague. We've just had too much of it. And the last episode we had was a little bit of unpacking. Oh, we also have a plague. We have a plague that we need to avoid like the plague. And then we also just have kind of a general political malaise that we would rather avoid. If only there were a mask for that, uh, unfortunately, or, or, a, or a vaccine, <laughs> but there is not. Uh, and it would be irresponsible of us not to check in follow up, particularly because of a lot of the predictions uh, about how the election might unfold, regardless of the outcome. You know, a lot of people were crunching numbers and saying, ah, oh, you know, maybe maybe Biden will win. Maybe Trump will win. Everybody said this is going to be hung up in the courts. We're not going to have an answer forever. It's going to be, you know, there are going to be race riots. Um, and as everybody knows here, I am an optimist. And mm -hmm. uh, I was very pleased to see that even though it was a little messier than we might have liked, uh, we didn't have armed conflict in the street. Um, and we got an answer pretty quickly and an answer that people seem to get on board with more or less, except for, of course, um, the legal team of our president. <laughs> they seem to be the only people in the country who are, who are actively right. resistant to the outcome. And uh, it's, it feels very different, this, these legal challenges, than I thought they might. I guess I made the mistake of thinking, oh, well, the president will have like competent, uh, a competent legal team that That's will find find some loopholes here and there, right? Uh, that's that's not what happened. And I, I won't give anything else away. All, what I wanna do now is introduce our guest, uh, our political correspondent, one of our favorite people, Travis. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to the show. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to let you kind of give us the setup here. A lot of people have seen what's happened, but it's very different from what we expected. I yeah. thought there was going to be a full court press yes. and I was going to be nervous about what was happening in the yeah. courts. That's not what's happened, Travis. Because I think the thing about predictions is you use what's happened before. Right. And so when thinking about this election, I think we also went back to Bush v. Gore and how that was like tied up in courts and like we didn't have an answer until like mid-December maybe but like you know a lot of like it had to go to the Supreme Court because there were legal issues that like needed to be unpacked yeah and so you sort of like use that lens to try to predict predict what's happening now the problem is nothing that has happened before has prepared us for like what a Trump administration would do because the assumption yes. being that your top legal, like you have access to the top legal minds in the country. So those are the people who would be advising you. So if you have a lawsuit, it's going to be compelling and it's going to be things that sort of like need to like make their way to the Supreme Court. But some of these things have like, it's, that's not what's happening. It's like he's no. hired. I don't even know. Like it's, it's insane. It's sort of like there are people who's who have an expertise in election law, who have expertise like in all the things that are coming to bear. And it does, he's like hired none of those people and has yeah. like used his personal attorney in key moments in this litigation. And Rudy Giuliani, U.S. attorney, prosecutor, essentially, um, from like the 80s and 90s, is not a constant. He's not an election law attorney. He's not... Even sort of like a constitute, like he, none of the, this is not his realm. And you sort of see, I don't know if you had an opportunity to like watch his, the time that he made the oral arguments in Pennsylvania. Um, but like every like litigator, every person who is just sort of like, what is happening? 
what is he saying? He does not even sort of like understand the lawsuit that he's filed. He's being corrected. Um, so like the only reason he's being respected is because he's Rudolph Giuliani, but like he doesn't even realize the questions the judge is asking are like basic and you are being made a fool of, like you don't even, you have come unprepared. Like I just sort of like want to set the scene for you for like the, the lawsuit in Pennsylvania. It's sort of like, the Trump administration, and they got like two voters, um, two Republican voters as sort of like also on their side. And they're coming to like make this argument and or arguments, which is all there is. It's not like a hearing. It's like you have written your papers and like maybe there's some questions about your papers that the judge has. Um, and it's just sort of like Rudolph Giuliani making the arguments, whereas like Pennsylvania's various counties and organizations have gotten together and each have like split off a different area to attack. One guy has a PowerPoint presentation, which of course you do, but like Giuliani yeah. just sort of like gets up and talks off the top of his head. And it's insane. Like his boss. It's well, it's ridiculous yeah. because <laughs> then the people are like, he's talking about things that are not even in their lawsuit. And yeah. um, he's, there's, he does not mention case law. He does not mention sort of like anything that you would expect a lawyer making oral arguments to a judge would be prepared to make. And then the judge asks him in an equal protection argument, what standard of review should I be using? Which is like a basic early law school question. And Rudolph Giuliani does not even actually know what he's asking. He doesn't even understand like what review he's talking about, which is like, um, if you just got out of law school, you would know that. If you were someone who argues you would like it was just yeah. sort of like basic and he did not know. And it's just sort of proof that um, it's all theater, really. And sort of yeah. like, I don't know. I don't believe that the Trump administration expected to win these lawsuits. It doesn't seem to me that the goal is to win. Um, maybe these fools who've been put in this position think that they have a chance to win and don't know what they're doing, but they just can't because these aren't the people who you would hire. It seems like if the result has been just sort of like to delay and give them time to like gather more money or like put pressure on people to get the result in an extra legal way, it seems like that has to be the plan because I think they're like, have lost like 40 lawsuits at this point or like 40. Even if, even if the plan were to delay better lawyers would be better at delaying, even if you had no hope of winning, you know, this is just like shut down, shut down. I mean, just, just for contextual reasons. uh, And for the sake of our listeners, Travis, you and I both work in the, in the legal field. Mm -hmm. You're an attorney. I'm not an attorney, but I am on the record a lot in criminal court in Manhattan, watching a lot of these appearances, these arguments reminded me, you know, we'll, we have a lot of new attorneys in our office. I work with a lot of people who are like, yeah, they just got out of law school. And this is like maybe their first time on the record. And, um, you know, they'll usually be representing someone on a misdemeanor, you know, something minor or whatever. And the judge will kind of realize while this person is on the record, like, oh, they, they don't, you know, sometimes the judge has to kind of like talk them through it a little <laughs> bit. And, and sometimes, yeah. And, and I feel a little bad for the attorney, but I also feel like this is nice, you know, like this is how we learn. Like, don't, you know, you don't have to yell at this person and embarrass them in front of everybody because yeah. they're new, you know, but I thought, 
you know, that's like misdemeanor criminal court, yes. like, you know, right. That, that's one thing that we can accept. The new these attorney are, who doesn't know these issues is not who you would be asking to argue this on. A yeah. But that's, that's what Rudy court Giuliani judge. sounds like. Rudy Giuliani yes. sounds like a guy where the judge needs to say like, sir, what you're supposed to say is X. You know, what I'm asking you is X. It's almost like sometimes, you know, my clients insist about it. They'll say, Oh, I, I want to speak on the record. And everybody's like, Oh boy, here we go. Right. right. Don't do that. But if you want to, okay. And then the judge is, is usually kind enough to say, sir, I would advise you not to say yes. something like this or that on the record. It's all Rudy Giuliani is being spoken to by these judges, like as if he were a defendant who were incriminate, who yes. was incriminating himself. And the judge was like trying to stop and them. Just from trying, because, of his name, because of like who he is, like, you know, he gets referred yeah. to as mayor on the record, but he like just doesn't know what he's doing. And I think, well, but that also surprises me. I don't, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody really has a very high opinion of Rudy Giuliani now. I don't, that's not unusual. Right. But there was a time that even if you didn't like his politics, even if you didn't like what he did in New York, he seemed like a very competent person, right? He seemed like someone who knew what he was doing. Was I, did I just have the wool pulled over my eyes? I mean, you know, like I, I, and I don't just mean like, oh, the days after 9-11, he was a hero mayor, but like he came in, you know, that's a pretty high profile job as mayor. If you don't know what you're doing, people are going to figure it out pretty quickly. He had an agenda. It was a bad agenda. His agenda was just lock up everybody, you know, yeah. and then hand over Times Square to Disney, you know, Giuliani's New York, et cetera. But you still had to be competent in order to implement a plan like that. Do you know what I mean? And now Rudy Giuliani seemed, Giuliani seems to be kind of a crazy person. Like he's, yeah. something has changed in him where even if you didn't like him or like his politics 20 years ago, now he's on another planet. I'm and I'm curious totally, about what happened. I mean, I was, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he was as great as we remember. There are some politicians who just sort of like take advantage of a really great time in a city's moment. Right. Like, I'm not sure how much of like the success of New York at that time had to do with him as much as had to do with sort of like forces outside of him and the competent people yeah. that he surrounded himself with. Well, the economy was great. Right. So he happened to be president during a time of great Mayor. growth. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was never president. He did run for president. He did a couple run times. for president. That is true. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, he happened to be mayor. But I think he's just always a time been... when the country was very wealthy and the city was wealthy. And but even still, man, he seemed like a guy who knew what he was doing. Am I am I crazy to say that? Something's changed. I guess is yeah, all I'm trying to say. I think so. Say. I think I think he's always been someone who's am, who's been very ambitious and ran yeah. in certain circles and has um like. I don't think that it is it is his brains as much as it's his ambition that sort of yeah. has gotten him to where he is and, and, and a certain kind of game that he is willing to play. Because um, he's not like a... Anytime you get sort of like get him talking about anything outside, like even now politics, but even at the time, if you sort of like pressed Giuliani as like a personality, he wasn't like a great personality. He was always sort of like awkward and like hard yeah. to talk to and if you sort of like look at any of those interviews, it's also like gross. Um, and like, <laughs> this is a really petty thing. Um, yeah, this, is, this is super petty. I'm about to be really, um, I'm giving you a petty warning. Um, have you ever noticed how he like, well, watching him make all these appearances, the thing that caught my eye is this awful gaudy ring that he wears. Um, and it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a New York Yankees championship ring. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're like a lawyer appearing at like professional gatherings and you have this big, chunky, gaudy, awful ring. 
Um, and I'm like, why are you wearing that at like circuit court? Like, why are you wearing that these places? And at first I was like, you know, maybe it was a gift that like the Yankees gave him because they won the championship when he was mayor. And I got so obsessed with it. I Googled it. It's not true. No one gave him that ring. He had those rings made. And I'm like, how tacky <laughs> can you be? That like, first of all, you, you're not like a 19 year old rapper from the Bronx. Like you are the mayor of a whole fucking city and you are now the lawyer to the president of the United States. That is unprofessional. Take that ring off. Leave it at home. Like you're at work. You're at work. Yeah. Floss so on your own time, homie. You're like in front of yeah. a damn judge. If I wore that ring to court, in family court, I'd just be like, what are oh. you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> the huge iStyle Yankees ring. He's like an 80-year-old attorney. Are you fucking kidding me? I like the detail. I mean, one, I don't think that's particularly petty because I think that action is character, right? You get good insights into people if you seize on something small like that, right? Yeah, it's like this I sort of like shows your respect and your intentions for the room. Like, because yeah. we... Especially when you're a lawyer, a litigator who's appeared in court, you have received the talking to about what's appropriate to wear in court, how you address yeah. court, how you come prepared to court. And he's just sort of like, because I'm attorney for the president of the United States, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it's like, bro, you can. You can. But you look like a fucking idiot and a fool yeah. and an asshole. We have not yeah. even gotten to the part where he's like farted in court now. It's like, I can't. We haven't gotten there yet. I can't we even. Haven't. What's happened? I don't even understand. But like, I'll, I mean, not I'll court. Save time it's for not that. like court, but it's like you are like speaking to a group of people presenting evidence, and you're just like farting loud enough for microphones to pick it up. Rudy Giuliani. It's hard for me to remember a time where we like anyone respected him. I, it has to be true because he like became America's mayor. But like we even in New York, while that was all happening, we were we were all like, that's not real. He wasn't he like barely made it down to ground zero. Like, what are you all talking about? Fine. He, he got some of the luster of being a leader in a time of crisis. He got the same amount that George W. Bush did. Right. You know, George W. Bush managed to show up and just stand in front of a microphone and say some positive things about people and call people heroes and, you know, told people what they wanted to hear at the right time right. in a time of crisis. And people love their leaders in a time of crisis when they say that's why we have leaders in a, in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's just a figurehead who comes in and says, hey, you know, we're going to be fine. I believe in you guys. I, I trust the fire department. I trust our leadership and I trust America's resolve and all that kind of rhetoric that we think of as empty rhetoric is empty, but it's important. We need to hear stuff like that. And any moron probably, you know, could stand up and do that and then enjoy that luster for a long time. Uh, it seems like that's what he did. That's long gone. I mean, George Bush's luster disappeared after about, I don't know, six months. I think pretty soon after the invasion of Af Afghanistan, people were reconsidering his leadership. Uh, but Giuliani, I, you know, it stuck around long enough for him to actually launch what I think was a semi-legitimate run for president in 2008, 2007. You know, I mean, for a time, it fell, it fell apart pretty quickly. But for a while, he was a person running for president. That Yeah, because I think the be name president. made sense to people. But I think once you talked to this human, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, you're awful. Yeah. And it also says a lot that he is he does business with the president. I think that reflects poorly on anybody, no matter who and you are. And then for this entire decide. time, he, it has been clear that he is the personal attorney to the president yeah. of the United States. He has no official job in the federal government at all. 
Yeah. And like, why is, why? Why is he, what is happening? Um, and when do you, like, where's the, like, when do you fire this man? When do you say, Nope. Nope. You've lost. Oh, you know, he'll be, he'll be thrown under the bus soon enough. Uh, we haven't when? seen anybody work with this administration. You know, when the like, time is, is it right. The, is it, I'm like, you've lost five lawsuits. You've lost six. You lost seven. You lost 20. You lost 28. You lost 32. Yeah. Now we're at 40. You lost 40 lawsuits. You're a lot like you're farting in public. When do you say enough? <laughs> when do you say you're not actually well, getting the results for us, guy? To use your words, uh, uh, you know, not against you, but in a new context, uh, when we make predictions, right, we use what's come before, right? right? So the prediction would be, hey, if you had an attorney who lost 40 lawsuits for you in a row, usually you would get rid of them, right? But that's based on everything I've ever seen before from anybody who's ever hired an attorney. But we are in new terrain. And we can't I mean there is no gazing into the crystal ball anymore. Right. And I guess that's just his guy for whatever the next act is, which I think is is my next question. First of all, I want to know once we realized that there was no menace, you know, like like that these lawsuits weren't going to change the result of the election, right? The momentum had gotten away. Mm-hmm. There was no legal standing for challenging the result. Um I honestly kind of stopped paying attention. I was like, you know, I can't, I I, I would watch every hearing as it unfolded, if it felt relevant or if it felt like this might be a threat or this might be something that changed the result. So I'm curious, you know, you have followed this very closely. Are you someone who's like, I don't want peace of mind. So I'm going to keep paying attention to this. Or are you a person because you're a legal professional, you wanted to see it, or is this just like you love a good, dumpster fire and you want to be there in the front row it's what, probably what has a little driven... bit of all of those things okay. i mean i do love a good dumpster fire um <laughs> but part of me also it's also kind of like a mystery like it's so bizarre that i'm like there has to be a goal and i've yet to understand what the goal is i'm also just i'm sort of interested in in this to the public on Twitter and press conferences, as as far as we know, all that we've heard is he's not conceding because of evidence of fraud. Like that's, everyone keeps saying that. Every time someone has a microphone, fraud, 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 fraud. None of the lawsuits have sort of like been about that. And when pressed, every lawyer has said, we're not arguing fraud. Even Giuliani, when pressed in Pennsylvania, was like, we're not arguing fraud. And yet, we keep sort of hearing this conversation about fraud. And so, and that there's evidence of fraud and that we have witnesses of fraud. And recently we've had these like hearings that aren't hearings that just sort of like, fine, rent the hotel and we will listen to you talk. We've not seen their witnesses of fraud who are like people who were like, are you drunk right now? Like it's craziness. (laughs) Um, I'm just sort of, interested in trying to figure out what the goal is. Like if you're telling people that there's fraud, but you're not mentioning fraud in any of your lawsuits, you're not all this evidence that you have, you're not presenting it when the time comes, what's then the actual goal? What's the benefit of like having people think you're fighting fraud 
I think that's always been Trump's strategy, right? Like it doesn't matter if there's supporting evidence. It doesn't matter if this is a logical argument that you're making. If you just are a noise machine, which he's right. very good at being a noise machine, you will convince enough people who have already decided they like you and it gives them talking points. And then at least you still have a base. Right. You have a group of people but who yeah, support you I'm for like, whatever's yeah, next. It's sort of like it does matter because it's like, what's the... What do then you do with all that noise? Like, it doesn't matter if people think you won, if you still, if that doesn't translate into like a vote or a change or whatever. And so I think where I have come to sort of like just recently is I think the goal is to scare and pressure people into overturning the voting results not actually like not as a legal matter but as sort of like to get brian kemp or like someone to pressure the electors to vote for him anyway i think that's what he's i think that's the goal because this isn't this isn't going to the supreme you mean to influence the electoral college if he if he could say that enough then there would be some people in the electoral college who could use his claims as justification for not reflecting the vote correct in their vote even that i mean i i I, I don't think that that is i don't think that that is i mean it seems like such a long shot and i'm gonna say why um for example just sort of like what's playing out in the news right now where like he's called the governor of georgia and has been like i want you to overturn these election results and the governor of georgia is like these phone calls are recorded yeah I I can't <laughs> Yeah. I can't do that. That is not legal. And here's why that's so striking. Brian Kemp is totally willing to steal a fucking election. He stole his own. He, yeah. he like he's like, yo, listen, I will keep yeah. people from voting. I will suppress the fuck out of a vote. I will like I will do all of that. And no ethical did. concerns. And yeah. we did all of that. We did all of that. And you still sort of like didn't pull it out. So like, I can't, there's only so much I can do. Homie, yes. I can't, don't ask me to like, that's too far. You're asking like too much. And so I, but I think Trump thinks you should just do whatever I ask you to do. And he's like surprised that there are so many people who are like not willing to throw away every shred of ethics to keep him in power. I think he's really like surprised by that. Um, I think that's sort of even like judges that he's appointed when they made decisions that he doesn't like because he doesn't get how squarely out of, of bounds of the law he is. He's like, they must hate me. And it's like, if you gave me, I really think if they're like, if you gave me anything to hang my hat on, this would be yeah. yours, but you are wild. Like you are out yeah. of pocket. Calm down. You gotta have like a plan. Crazy. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where I, we are. There's a lot of speculation, you know, obviously about what this is about, if it's not about changing the outcome of the election. Right. And I think there are some theories and speculation that this is, you know, so that he can say, I never lost, right? Even yeah. if he has to leave, say, oh, that's it. this was crooked. This was a fraud. It was a fraud election. Like, I'm going to leave. I have to leave office. Well, I think you know, that blah, this blah, blah. is his, I think this is his birther movement for Biden. Right. So, yes. So he can just say it was stolen. It was stolen. It was yeah, stolen. This person yeah. shouldn't be in the White House. 
Yeah. I mean, this is the same kind of, right. We've seen this stuff a lot of times, right. I think this happened a lot. Like you remember people used to say, Oh, Benghazi, Benghazi, you know, that was like the, for some reason that that meant something to people yeah. they were like, Oh, Hillary shouldn't be president because of Benghazi or even the emails or, you know, like all you need. I mean, is because that's easier to say that than I will never fucking vote for a woman. Yeah, of course. Of course. And it's easier to say fraud than to just accept that there's a Democratic president who's going to do some things that you don't like. With the black VP. Yes. Black woman VP, who we think is like actually might have ambition. Ah, that's terrifying. And we hate (laughs) that. The nerve of this woman. Yeah. Yeah. So like fraud. It's so much easier. What about the idea of preparing for a 2024 run? Yeah. Are we yes. looking that far ahead? Are yeah. we he said he's running in 2024. Yeah. If he he's, yeah, if he's if he is not president this time, he has said he's running in 2024. Here's what I really think. Well, I think both I don't think it has to be neither or. I also think the reality is he has no source of income if he's yeah. not president, right? He's like he has spent the last four years grifting America, right? Like he's like enriched himself so much from being president. And like we've learned, even with that enrichment, he is massively in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, like he is, he's like us. He's like owes money all over the world. <laughs> he's like the United States. And so, like, if he is suddenly out of a job and is irrelevant to the Republican Party, like all of that money goes away because his brand outside of being president doesn't have. In some ways, he might be less popular as a global brand than he was before he became president. Like he's not yeah. nobody buying them ties. You know, yeah. like it's like not that <laughs> So he has to. It has to. He has to remain this person. They could reboot, uh, you know, Celebrity Apprentice. That could be what he needs when he gets out. They could do an- <laughs> on Fox News. On Fox News, because who else? I mean, is- someone. Someone to watch it. Because yeah, right, exactly. like if he goes on NBC, NBC's like, okay, now Black Lives Matter is protesting us. Fuck the like, we can't do it. We have this yeah, is or us. May, or we can't have can this is us and, and this is y'all. Like we can't have it. Yeah. So like <laughs> we can't. So it's like it's on the Fox News, which fine, but like he hates them because all of a sudden Here's Newsmax. Isn't that who he's cozying up to now? Newsmax? Yeah. They're the last that's like the Giuliani network, basically. Like They've like, just like so to, insane. Form the Trump version of own. Like I think he's <laughs> but I think that he's I think I think the theories that he has to remain some type of candidate so that he can fundraise and funnel that money into paying off his debts. I think uh, it's yeah. real. I think that's yeah. true. That's not not a motivation. Yeah. So what about, I mean, this is a little bit outside of that realm, but what about all the talk of pardons, pardoning his family, can he pardon himself? <laughs> Uh, pardoning Kushner, all that kind of stuff. Is that what we're going to see in these final weeks? Absolutely. Is it, is it? He would be an idiot. <laughs> I mean, he is an idiot. Yeah. Um, but he has to. I I think if I I can't imagine being Trump, but like if I were someone with a brain in the Trump camp, I would have to be like, listen, if they got your taxes, we should assume that after you're not president anymore, they're only going to have more information. And yeah. we know you broke the law. We know you did. You've we've been great at covering it up. Um, but you should assume that you're going to have fewer friends, fewer protections, fewer people, um, fewer people unwilling to talk um, as time goes on. So 
you should be covering as many people as you possibly can. I mean, just how we found out that he's like funneling money to his children as consultants, like that, like yeah. the IRS alone is like, oh. Oh yeah. The second, <laughs> Let's go. the yeah. second we can be all over that. Y'all all going down. Are you kidding? I mean, even sort of, who is, by the way, who was like fucking snitching on these people? Cause like, even like the, the information about those um, payroll loans that like people, and their buildings have gotten that didn't keep their businesses open, just sort of like used it all to pay Kushner and Trump. Like someone is like connecting dots and like handing shit to people in a way that was not happening during their last campaign. So he should just assume that more of that is going, is taking place. And sure. Like there's no reason for him not to have shared his taxes other than knowing because he could have survived us knowing he wasn't as rich as, as we think he is. That would have, in some ways, made him more appealing to his actual base. I guess. There's a lot of ego wrapped up in that, though. It's, his, it's his whole identity. There is. But, I mean, he's, like, gone hard to, like, not reveal. Like, I'm talking, he's, like, pulled in the U.S. government to, like, protect me from anyone knowing what's in these. Um, yeah. I feel like that can only be related to, like... Obviously, that's fraud happening. Clearly, that's fraud happening. Well, to the to the pardon question, yeah, sure. It, it would only make sense for him to pardon everybody he can before he gets out of there. But a presidential pardon does only extend to federal, federal agents, yeah. right? So, and there are a lot of uh, other pending criminal charges and investigations, at least in New York, if not other municipalities, probably New Jersey, where he's done a lot of business. So he can't really protect himself against that. I mean... Are we in a situation where he is just going to be fully prosecuted the second he walks out of the White House, unless he moves to you know, Moscow, you know, <laughs> and has to get extradited? Yeah, like I, I think you that's, know. I mean, I think that there are enough people who are thirsty for his blood. Yeah. That, yeah. Abs- like he absolutely has political enemies. Um, I don't think that Joe Biden is one of them, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, I don't think they're like. Joe Biden is chomping at the bit to like. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, I, he's like he's, Joe Biden's got his hands full. By the way, if he walks yes. in, after Joe Biden is like, enough, I'm gonna have to like put the light bill in my name. Yeah, make sure the gas is on like he's yeah. like i have to paint there's lots happening here yeah this um, is gonna be a giant pile of shit buildings that do we still in. own mm-hmm. <laughs> just undoing or understanding inventory or, um, there's some nuclear yeah. weapons missing like Joe Biden. he's not gonna have time or interest in any of that yeah. so i agree with you i i figure that he's not gonna waste any time yeah, trying the, to pursue so to that extent targets. i sort of feel like these federal pardons are like Kind of meaningless, really, if you think about what's actually pending. I don't think that Biden's DOJ is going to be thirsting for Trump blood. No, they have work to do. I think it's like (laughs) New York AG. Like, that's what he should be worried about. Exactly. Yeah. No, I've considered the same thing. I mean, I that is kind of what's compelling. Oh, yeah, those guys. Although he must have something on them because they kind of keep lending him money in spite of the fact that he's never paid anybody money back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then they were like, but now, I mean, they sort of like, after all that time of letting him amass like $300 million in debt, they're like, by the way, um, if he's not president, fuck him. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) oh. Official statement from Deutsche Bank, I think. You are not president. We are, we want our money now. We want our money today. Yeah. 
I mean, I would think Atlantic City itself would want to have uh, yeah. him in court. You know, there That's are a lot of people. Why I, I sort of feel like you are seeing real time um, the dissipation of the credibility of his brand. Right. It's like I'm sure that there are lots of wealthy people in his boat who are like propping up their wealth with loans from other countries yeah. and a lot of sort of that understanding is like you keep that shit confidential um because like who yeah. then will borrow from you if you don't play that game and so yeah, he's so on blast so yeah. then yeah. like a whole yeah. ass bank is like making international news by putting your shit on blast it's like oh yeah they've yeah. always hated you um <laughs> and you um you in trouble homie like when germany is like being shady I feel like well, that's, yes, you you do have to watch out when that when you reach that juncture. <laughs> like German banks are like, you owe us three hundred million dollars, and we want our money. I do want. I mean, I did understand what some people have said about we don't want to have a political system where like every outgoing president gets prosecuted and thrown in jail uh, as soon as you know, just for the sake. I, I've heard that. Uh, as a defense for Gerald Ford pardoning Richard Nixon, where it was like, we don't want to live in a country where like every time the president gets out of office, he gets prosecuted and thrown in jail. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, it just creates instability. It makes it, it, it creates a new Avenue because everybody's done something illegal. Uh, obviously the Clintons could definitely be I mean, in jail. The job everybody yeah, it requires you. job. Yes. Yes. So if they were all getting prosecuted, we'd have Who every you gonna kill president. president. Like we don't want to ask yeah. that question, but like, that's the, yeah. you killing somebody. Well, I think we also understand like that's part of the perks of the job, you know, like, Hey, you fought real hard to get that job. So you, you can kill a couple people, yeah. you know, just do it quietly you know make sure it's the right person we don't want to hear about it you know um but i i and it's not like oh i would it would it'll be a sad day when donald trump goes to jail i, I don't think that's true because if i think it also I, speaks to like how out of political norms he has gotten that like that like he has shocked washington you know what i mean yeah. like like reagan didn't shock washington yeah. even like getting into this war, you know, and after 9-11, that didn't like shock people with, with yeah. Bush. Like, I think there's a way in which um, Trump has just made so many enemies. Um, on, he's made enemies certainly out of the left, for sure. Yeah. Um, but then he's also created a world in which I think there are people on the right who like the second they think his star is fading, are not going to protect him because they're not actually aligned with him. They're just sort of like, we need the people who love you to vote for you. So we will like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like think about when he was running for president, there are so many people who like suck his dick now who like, Oh yeah. They were like, never Trumpers. Yeah. Said the worst, I mean, worst yeah. things about him. And yeah. I have to believe that the second he doesn't have power over their ability to remain in power, they will like totally like not protect him in any way, shape, or form. Lindsey Graham, are you kidding me? The yeah. second Lindsey Graham can shit on him. Well, um, I mean, the Republican Party is in a lot of trouble. It's you know what I mean? because I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. I did I, not see the Secretary of State of Georgia holding a press conference. Who's like, yeah. motherfucker, they are threatening to rape my wife. Can you stop? Yeah. <laughs> Please. You're going too far. 
I cannot yeah. do the thing that you're asking me to do. We have recounted the votes. We certified signatures. We did all that. Please yeah. shut up. They are like, we're under guard. Stop it. We are Republicans. And I think I'm Republicans are also more... like, if you keep talking, we're going to lose the runoff. What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, if I'm, pres- I... if I'm not president, what the fuck do I care? I guess I just thought in terms of, you know, like those, the Republicans that you've identified, people who hated Trump, but like dealt with him because, you know, they had a Republican president that they wanted to do business More with. More than deal. More than deal. Yeah. I'm, 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 using, I'm using it. I'm using a gentler phrase. Sucking dealt his with. Dick. <laughs> they, they dealt with slash sucked his dick. Uh, as soon as he's not useful to them in that way, will be fully discarded. But if he's fully discarded, I think I would imagine the Republican fear is, oh Jesus, now he takes his whole coalition, mm-hmm. uh, and we he has a viable candidacy for a third party run mm-hmm. if he does run again and if we fully turn our back backs on him this coalition of you know i guess i don't know uneducated racists uh which and educated vote, racists and there were and educated racists all the racists <laughs> although i don't know i think educated racists are much more traditional gop people you know most of those never trumpers were, were the yes, educated racists you know uh so what is the republican coalition do you know what I mean? Like it was tenuous at best. It's always only ever been like, we don't like we're working for corporations and rich people who don't want to pay their taxes. Right. But that's only like a tiny, tiny percentage of the population. How can we trick a huge group of people to vote against their own interests? It kind of worked. They had a very, like some folksy presidents. I think Reagan was one of those guys who was like, Oh, he's a man of the people. He can reach out to, you know, working Have people. Have you seen the Reagan docuseries people. on Showtime? I haven't seen it yet. I saw a trailer, but I'm I am it very is interested. Really good. And so, what it for me, who was like just a child um, when Reagan happened to us, um, so many parallels between him and Trump. And I think one of the greatest parallels. I mean, he he was all he was someone uh, that people thought of as like a, a celebrity who didn't know what he was talking about, wasn't serious, um, shouldn't be the head of the party. Um, the note like that nobody was like really counting on, particularly when he was like running for pre- like he ran for president several times. Um, and what finally made him viable was appealing to racists. Like the, you know, he was like a Republican from California um, who like sort of rode that wave to become governor of California. But like really like tapping into that when he toured Mississippi and Georgia, states' rights, um, the American dream, like all of that. He like tapping into like that rhetoric is what put him over the top. And there's a, and that's I mean, that's what we see with Trump completely. This like America first agenda, um, mm-hmm. suburban moms, you don't want a housing project by you, tough on crime, yeah. law and order. Um all of that, similarly, Reagan had no fucking idea what he was talking about, no actual clue about the lives of Black people, poor people, no real concern, not trying to educate himself in any way, shape, or form, um, just sort of like the American, the America that he knew and symbolized is the American that was, is the America that was, and that's all, and so people like bought into that, fed into that. He was sort of like clear on who he represented and, I, and who he didn't. And I think that that is... That is, um, sorry, my cat who ignores me all day decides that right now he wants to 
what cats do. I mean, naturally, um, naturally. But I think there's a way in which, like, that is that is absolutely like Trump's appeal as sort of like this person who's outside of typical politics um, is willing to say the racist things that people were taught were impolite that they've not been able to say out loud um, in an administration or two. Um, they love that. Yeah. But I don't. And so I think there's a way in which um, if they perceive the GOP establishment to not be tolerant of Trump, they're going to be critical and may lose that. Um, But I fully believe that even without Trump, the GOP will find a way to tap into white supremacy and win them, win them right That's back. That's true. They don't need him to do it. <laughs> they are gonna, they're going to be like, we've been racist for a really long time, guys. We yeah. promise. Why change now? Look we, at our track record. We, we, we yeah. will figure it. Don't leave. We have plans. Yeah. Well, they did have, it seemed to me that they were making some attempts at bringing in more women, bringing in yeah. more people of color. I think Nikki Haley was one example, you know, yes. uh, and I don't, not, don't want to have like, a whole Nikki immigrants Haley conversation. Can be racist but, too. We can all be white well, supremacists. Whatever. Yeah. There, there at least was a future looking plan. Even yeah. if it was an evil future looking plan, there was a future looking plan. It doesn't seem like there is a future looking plan. Like if I thought, let's say, okay, Trump disappears forever. He can never run for president, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, tomorrow. You know, I don't know who, I mean, quote unquote, rising stars in the Republican Party. I don't really know who those people are. They don't really have I'm a lot of like, that I like live in such fear of them. I have, I, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know like what the calculus is to decide who has a, like a national uh, stage that would like pull hate together in a way that they love. But I'm, I mean, I think like Pence is certainly there because he's there. Um, is he? Is Pence really there? I mean, I only think that he has like a national stage because he's because he's people know his people know his name. People know his and name, he, and, and, and yeah, and evangelicals will vote for him. Yeah, you know, but he's not. He's not. Doesn't have the like trolling capacity that really draws in these like kind of alt right people who are yeah. in some ways right. quote unquote the future of the party. A lot of right. like young young white angry people who love trolling who support Trump because they like upsetting people by saying they support Trump. It doesn't really have to do with his policies or anything else. It's just like a way to upset people. You know, I don't think Pence has the same. He he can't get the same level enough. Certainly not. Kinda. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's like a little too, he's way too, I mean, first of all, he's way too square. He's, but he doesn't, he's not memeable in the way that right. they want him. I mean, you know? but I think, I think he's someone who is like politician enough that he'll pick someone who is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Like he's a politician. I just, like I think, I think that the Republican, who I don't spend a lot of time thinking about like, how the Republican Party can remain relevant. Um, but I, Thank you for your <laughs> efforts here, though. They're appreciated. Um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that, but I, I think that there's just a way in which they'll, I, they'll find a way to keep that appeal. And I think part of that appeal is appealing to the fear. Is like, you know, even if Trump is not here, would you rather an AOC continue rising through the ranks? Yeah, would it just give people a viable alternative? Just keep filing, you know, Republican Bidens in there, basically. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, listen, here's Plenty. an old white person. Plenty. They've been there forever. It's their turn. It's better than a woman slash person of color slash, you know, socialist or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I just, my I really, whole life. I listened to the, um, 
the debate out of Georgia tonight just just pieces. You're um, really giving yourself full exposure here. This is like you're watching a lot. You are. I. I. I it was like for two minutes. Well it was being. like two minutes. All right. Okay. It was like two minutes. It, I was not like doing a deep dive. I was just sort All of right. like tuned in for a minute. Let me yeah. see what's happening. Um, the Republican candidate was like in a, listing the things that should frighten Georgia voters about the the Democratic nominee, she was like, he is going to take away the private health care you get through your job. And I thought to myself, who loves that plan? Who is like, <laughs> I love the health care I get at work. It is yeah. fantastic. Like it is. I don't know. Maybe, I you love know, cop, cops and firemen. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I think. I think the people who love it are people who've never really been sick, right? Like if you, because you haven't, or people who've not run into what their insurance won't pay. Um, and there's something, um, you just sort of like get to believe the illusion that like they've covered most or everything because you've not had a cancer diagnosis or like a whatever, like that they don't pay. And so it's just sort of like the knowledge that like, no other country does it this way. Like if you talk to people in other countries about like part of what you look for in a job is the health insurance, they're like, why would? Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. Um, No other country does it this way. Like no other. And so it's just like that, that is something that like you should be afraid of when you vote is like, he's trying to like make the government take care of you. It's like, it's such a bizarre what we consider radical in this country is like globally centrist. Yes. Like even conservative governments are like, you should have the best health care available yeah. in the country <laughs> and you shouldn't pay for it. Socialist. Like conservative governments <laughs> who are like women shouldn't drive are still like, you need health care. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what we, what we call radical. They're like, that's just, why would you pay? That's insane. You yeah. shouldn't have poison in your food. Corporations should not put things in your food that kill you. That's not radical. That's just sort of like well, if, if it's really tasty, and we're, we're the only ones who are like we are fighting. Yeah, don't tell me that I can't have a chalupa, sir. What you I want high fructose corn syrup in everything. Yeah, I want a Baja Blast with every to go Taco I Bell want, box. I want a cancer that I can't treat because I only get insurance to my job. <laughs> Thank you. I, I am I am reluctant uh, to bring up our global pandemic because it is a whole other conversation. But uh, before we get out of here, I am curious, since we are having a political conversation on mm-hmm. your thoughts about the conversation we're having now about vaccines, a possible vaccine, who the vaccine goes to, what this will change, groups of people who are resistant to the vaccine. And the reason it directly relates to political news, I guess, mm-hmm. is because I think Obama, Clinton... Um, and George W. Bush all said, yeah, I'll, I'll get the vaccine on camera just to show everybody that it's safe. And um, I, I, I wonder what your thoughts are projecting into that process. Is this something that, you know, hope is near? They're approving a vaccine. We are on a path to, you know, digging out of this global crisis. Or is this a concern that our government will find a way to mess this up as well? Um. 
So, I mean, I think it is, I think it's a reason to be hopeful. Um, and I think part of the reason why I'm hopeful is like, I'm someone who like, I'm interested in news and other places. So you see other countries also developing vaccines that I think are smarter than we are. Um, and so it makes me think like, oh, that's possible. Um, and also like, I feel like people, here's what I think. I think that like, I'm not inspired, moved, or like made certain by the fact that like Obama is getting the back vaccine. Um, and I'm like, I, you know, I remember when like he was one of those people who was like taking his HIV test on television and how like that meant like a thing. I'm like, bro, those days have passed. Um, yeah. That is not this about, moment. About, yeah, about um, 15 years what late. What does Dr. Fauci say? Like, give me like where, like, give me like a, give me like a nurse um, and like a packed ICU and tell, have her tell me I should take, the, like, those are the people that we want to hear from right now. It's like, it's certainly not George Bush. Bush. Yeah. Like, that is not who I'm like using to decide whether or not I take a vaccine, right? Um, yeah. And I think I'm like one of the people who's like prone to take a vaccine because I believe in science. I believe in medical advice. Um, and even I was like, Ugh, like that's not how that's not going to inspire anyone. We need to. Yeah, it's kind of turn. It's turning people off. That, if anything, <laughs> I, I feel like people are very clear about who they want to hear from. So I don't know, like, where you guys. I don't know yeah. who tapped you on the shoulder and was like, "Hey, George, yeah. we need you to endorse this." But I think that there are communities who question it because, like, it does seem to have happened very quickly when we are still learning stuff about the disease itself. And so, like, how are you ensuring that, like, a vaccine is safe and for whom it is safe? And, like, will it have the same? Like, there are side effects that people get in recovering from COVID. Will the vaccine have those? Yeah. As it protects you, will it have those? That, like, we don't will it work for pregnant women. Will it like we don't know the answer to, like, all of those things. Um, so I think people have genuine concerns based on how quickly this has happened. And then I think there are certain communities that always have concerns about these things because, you know, we've been tested on, you know, like black people have been tested on, native people have been tested on, Puerto Ricans have been tested on. So we're like, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be in the first wave. Um, <laughs> let's see how, like give it to a bunch of people and let's see how it works out. We don't want to yeah. be it. We don't want to be the canaries this time because we've been the canaries. And I think that's sort of like we need to. That's not unreasonable. Yeah. Um, they know what this country is capable of. There's, you know, there's a certain population that's sort of like always surprised when America does something harsh and awful and evil. And you know what? It's not women of color. So <laughs> they're like, we know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think those populations are, I, th I think there are lots of reasons to be skeptical. Um, but I mean, it's. We, we, I thought having all these former presidents, it, it just seemed very theatrical. Do you know what I mean? It seemed like that's what you would do if you were trying to convince people something was cool. Bill you know Clinton? what I mean? Bill <laughs> like, Clinton? You thought? Oh, since Bill is having it done, yeah. I'm going to yeah, run. Bill's doing it. Right. Yeah. Out. Why not just put out Hillary? That, like, it's like, and again, in a moment when people are like so clear regarding who they're listening to. Mm -hmm. No one has said 
Yeah. I wonder Where's what Bill, Bill Clinton thinks about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's it's done true. that. Yeah. Where's Colin Kaepernick? I'll listen to that guy. That's a good, you know what? You should work with the CDC. People to should get listen to me. Kaepernick in. You know what? If, if Kamala had hired me, she'd be president right now. She could still hire you. Well, I'm just saying, if you get that call for Washington, we'd we all be very yes. happy to have you there. I will listen. As you should. Listen to and the I'll people. Take- people are being um, un- like unusually vocal right now about things going on. It's like, just listen to them. They will, they're telling you what information they want, who they trust, who they're tuning into. Um, and it is not, even with his book out, it's not Barack Obama. Yeah. This moment. Michelle, maybe. I mean, like Michelle Obama. Yeah, we get get Colin Kaepernick and Michelle Obama up uh, there. I think what's Beyonce he, he doing? Is Beyonce yeah. taking this? Like these are the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get a song from Beyonce, a video, yeah. and a mask about vaxing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. She like we would all be there. Yeah. Barack Obama. <laughs> George Bush. Bill Clinton. These are the people you think. Okay. It kind of made me less excited. I don't really have that like much. Is it 1992? Like, is he going to play a saxophone? Like, what do I care? Is it going to be on the Arsenio we gotta bring Hall our, show? Yeah, get Arsenio Hall back. Yeah, is is Arsenio getting the vaccine? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and Meatloaf. We'll just right. get are all, the, are all the people who used to be on celebrity. Like, yeah. not, what is happening? Is Paula Abdul getting the is vaccine? Paula Abdul getting vaccinated? Because <laughs> she always makes good decisions like, about taking care of herself. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, goodness! I was like, it's just baffling to me. But like, yeah. they rolled them out, and it was like, yeah. And part of me is like, there's still this a uh, uh, this still this desire, I think, by mainstream Republicans and mainstream centrist Democrats to be like, there was a time when we all worked together for the good of the American people, and if we could just get back to that pre-Trump era um, of polite racism. We can all move forward <laughs> before you're, people you're are racist and we ignored it. That well, there are levels of, as you know, yeah, levels racism of racism. Is a spectrum. I get it. Yeah, and and we're in the like red alert yes. section of the spectrum. We're like which in I the think, slavery is possible era. Bring it back, yeah. Make we're America like, great again. We're talking pre. We're like in the flashback. I've said this. I feel like we're in the flashbacks of. Handmaid's Tale. Like, we're in the part where, like, <laughs> the woman goes and swipes her debit card and it's like, you don't have access to banking anymore because you're a woman. And yeah. we're like, how did that happen? Like, we're in that, like, we're in that moment. I read an interview with uh, Margaret Atwood around the time The Handmaid's Tale came out and the interviewer was like, wow, this is so imaginative and you're really, you know, um, giving us a picture for how dark it could get, you know? And she's like, what do you mean could get? She said, I didn't make any of this stuff up. Everything that happened in Handmaid's Tale has happened yeah. in human history before. Yeah. I just kind of put it all together into one story. And uh, I, I, already, I I like Margaret Atwood a lot, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, damn, yeah. that's chilling. It's, yeah, because it's not a, it's not right. a fan. Totally possible. Yeah. Totally possible. Yeah. <laughs> totally possible. <laughs> While you were thinking, we are past yeah. that. You're like, yeah. yeah. Some of and these I'll do it happens. again. Pow, pow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> quickly. Look how quickly. Look how quickly it all turned. Like, yeah. space of one president. We're like, yeah. 
no, like people are talking about like no birthright citizenship. Like it like so mm-hmm. fast. So a good wake up, a good, really brutal four year wake up call. Yeah. I would say it's like, oh, you all know? those racists didn't just disappear. Perhaps yeah. necessary. Maybe the you country know, like that had racial slavery like, for four centuries didn't just like when you, change when you overnight. fumigate, right? You got like, you know, roaches or some kind of infestation. You got to right. pump all the poison in the house and then you see them all run out. And then you're like, oh, you're right. I did have millions of roaches, but you're not supposed to be inside the house right. when you fumigate. You right. know what I mean? And what's happened is we're inside the house for the fumigation. And I'm kind of weighing the trade off. Uh, but I guess, I don't know. We survived. Did we survive? I don't think we <laughs> survived. Define survival. I don't think we survived. I think we sort of like just pretended like we didn't have roaches. Yeah, you know, it, it is a part of life. Sometimes you just learn to live with the roaches and you're just like, I have roaches. So like, I, don't leave, I don't leave food the out. Walls. They're not like out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're out. If you leave food out, they're out. But you that's know, it's just kind of how a roaches do. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you just say like, ah, it's New York City. Everybody has roaches. Nope. You'd be like, ah, no. it's just America. Everybody's racist. Everyone has, <laughs> everyone's racist. Racism is a spectrum. Yes. Red alert. Red alert. Right. Um, I, I like this fumigation metaphor. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm gonna work on it. I, mean, I it think might you be. should. I think there's a really good essay. Yeah. And <laughs> surviving the fumigation. In it. I want to well, write because I. I want to write a um, or I want someone to write. An essay about Dolly Parton. Oh yes, please, please tell I me because you know, to write I haven't heard about anything from her Dolly in years, Parton and now and she's the, everywhere. And the possibilities of whiteness. Pray tell. What what does Dolly Parton tell us about the? Because like she's of someone who's like country as fuck, grew up in the foothills of Tennessee, and she's like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I'm still country, and I'm still. Like using my wealth, like she's there's no she's not putting on, and she's in the most conservative entertainment industry outside of like Christian music, but kind of not uh, like almost bit, like very similar. And she's still like Black Lives Matter. I'm giving books to people. I'm like, you know, funding cures, not holding a press conference about any of it. Um, and I say that to say, I think a lot of times when we talk about racism um, and, and people who aren't progressive, we think of it as like an upbringing. So like, like if you're Christian, um, white from the South, there's no way that you have access to like a progressive thought. And she's like, I was born in like the earlier part of the 20th century. Um, she's country as fuck. And here I am um, yeah. with no pomp and circumstance, figuring it out, people. Um, Christian as they come, Christmas specials all over the place. And still, I am saying Black Lives Matter. I'm donating books. I am funding cures. Um, and I don't care what you think about it. I don't need your, I don't need your, I don't need any kind of nothing. I'm just doing it. Well, not to take anything away from Dolly Parton, but I would, I would suggest that a piece of the puzzle is that Dolly Parton has a huge, huge gay fan base. She, yeah. I mean, like, I think she went, the bigger she got, the more she became like a huge gay icon. And maybe she finally reached the, the precipice where first she was educated by her fan base and then realized I don't have to be dependent on, you know, like backwards racist people to have fans and that may have you know expedited some but of I think her there's a way, like you don't ever see like her racist fans boycotting her you know what i mean like if there's a way in which yeah. she's just sort of like i no one is like 
Dolly Parton's not country. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to not play a Dolly mm-hmm. Parton song on country radio like they did yeah. the Dixie Chicks, for example. That's true. To just criticize Bush, you still kind of still don't hear them on country radio. No, like yeah. they're not doing that to her. Um, and I think that's because she's never, everything she's done has always fully embraced her culture. She's never not been a country girl from the hills. Like, yeah. just, like she doesn't do anything to sort of like critique that identity. She's just like that because of who I am and where I come from, I think everyone deserves an opportunity. And I'm sort of like not even getting hung up in um, this idea that like we all can't have. There's no different, there's no us. She's never been like an us and them. She's like, we're all us. I like that this idea. That might just be like the Tennessee boy in me who like, we are all brought up to love Dolly Parton. Well, it's part of the reason that you're able to appreciate her, but we all love Dolly Parton. You yeah, know, it's just I so think cool. she's, she's a national treasure. I like the idea for this essay and I agree. Someone should write it. And that someone, in my opinion, should be the Tennessee boy that I know who is here right now, who has just given a great pitch for it. This has been great. No pressure. See you next time on Margin Call, folks. It's a pandemic. You got time. You got time to sit down. I have so much time. If I make another baked salmon, I'm going to shoot myself. Something to think about. It's a wonderful thought. And even if you don't, you're not able to do it fine. We will still all incorporate the mantra. We can all be Dolly Parton. Why can't we all be Dolly Parton? Great. Well, I really want Uh, white people to embrace that. Be Dolly Parton. And you know what else that I love? I bet Dolly Parton did not ask a single black friend before she was like, Black Lives Matter. She's just like, yeah, of course they do. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't have to call people. She didn't like, have to poll like, her black friends. Is this something I should say? It's like, Oprah girl. Yeah. What do you think? Like, what yeah. is that? Like, she just do figured it out for herself. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe you can help me out as my black friend. Do, is this true? Do black lives matter? She just figured it out on her own. <laughs> be oh, like Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. Yes, be like Dolly. Be like Dolly. Great. This is a, this is a wonderful guiding light for so many people. I'm going to start saying that. Uh, and it's also a perfect place to end because it gives us, as you know, I'm an optimist. It gives us a place to move forward. Hope. We can all be like Dolly. Hope. Hope he changey. Remember that? Remember when Sarah Palin was making fun of the president, Barack Obama for liking hope and change? Sorry, sorry. I took us back to Palin. We're back on Dolly. Be like Dolly. Be like yes. Dolly. Yes. <laughs> it's like the perfect opposite of Sarah Palin. It's true. Yeah, it's the other side of the coin, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> it, it could go bad, but it could also go Dolly. Whatever that continuum is, move towards Dolly. Good God. Uh, Travis, I want to thank you for being here. It is always a pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for walking us through all this drama. It's great to see your face. You look great. You sound great. I probably will send you one follow-up pressure text just about the Dolly Parton. I'm thinking about it. Started as a Facebook post. That's where all much of your good writing starts as a Facebook post. So, you know, I do. I give good Facebook. Yeah. And this is nice. (laughs) And this is an editorial meeting, by the way. We say that at the top of every show. Anytime a good story idea comes up, especially if someone suggested themselves, we're obligated to apply some pressure. I was suggesting it. it. I wasn't suggesting that I'd be the one who write it, but fine. That was my suggestion, but you know, know. it's easy for me to say. You it right back. I did. Well, it's a good idea that you brought up. So as much as I love stealing good ideas, um, yeah, (laughs) this one I think belongs squarely in your hands. Um, But yes, thank you for being here. Thanks as always uh, to Eming, our producer. You were very patient with us tonight. You raised some eyebrows, uh, mostly at things that I said, but I had it coming. Well, it it requires a lot of patience, I think. uh, I think that's true. 
It is. There are many things that that we and I in particular need to be thankful to you for. And I always put patience at the top of that list. But mm. you do always keep us sounding good and you keep us on task. Even when we were forgetting who the president was going to fire, you were like, he's going to fire Bill Barr. And you'd be like, you're right. He's going to fire totally Barr. He's totally going to fire Bill Barr. What the fuck yeah. is Bill Barr thinking? <laughs> See? And that came from Eming, from our producer. So thanks to you, Eming, for always being on the spot and fact checking. You're always good for that. Uh, and thanks, as always, to our listeners. Until next time, Quest On, everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.